0: last couple of weeks we've been talking about this, best is yet to come, God will give you a dream, but he also will give you strategies with the dream, right, because without strategy a dream is just wishful thinking, right, we don't want to be wishful thinking people, there's a lot of wishful thinking people out there, but that's not you, you're God's people, so you have dreams and you have strategies, can you say amen, amen. if you missed the last two weeks I highly encourage you to go back to the podcast and listen to it because this is one of those you got to listen to it a few times, and let it get in your spirit. And let it get into your mind, into your heart. Because, listen, faith without works is dead. Right. Okay, we don't want to be just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. Can you say amen? amen. And this morning I want to continue this, this talk. And I'm going to be in Deuteronomy 28. And I didn't put these verses up on purpose. Because I want you to see it for yourself in your scriptures. Uh, whether you have a tangible Bible. The real believers have tangible Bibles. Uh, and then, you know. If you have a media Bible, we will pray for you that you get a real Bible. Uh, whatever you use today, we, it's all good. We, we love you. Um, but I want you to see this for yourself that uh, I'm not making this stuff up. This is, we preach the Word. That's right. We want to preach the fullness of God's Word, not just some of it. We want the whole truth of God's Word. Can you say amen? amen. You see, the thing is why this is so, such a, a topic that we need to be challenged with is because most people have... A concept, uh, uh, an understanding of salvation that's half salvation, okay? Like most people will talk about salvation in forgiveness of sin and eternal life, which is true. Jesus came to forgive you of your sins, to make you right with God and give you eternal life, right? But Jesus also said, I came to give you a rich and satisfying life in the meantime. Between now and, and, and eternity, I don't want you to struggle, That's not God's will. I don't want you to just barely make it through life. No, I came to give you a rich and satisfying life. If Jesus said I came to give you a rich and satisfying life, then I shouldn't settle for anything less than a rich and satisfying life. Can you say amen? That's what I'm telling you. I can see your wheels grinding already. You need to really push through and believe God for what he says he has for you because there's the other side of salvation. There's the forgiveness, but also there's the blessings. God wants to bless his people. God wants to heal his people. God wants to restore his people. God wants his people to have the fullness of what he has for them. See, see, when the prodigal son came back home, he didn't say, go be a slave. Right? He said, no, no, put the best robe on him. Put the best ring on him because my son was lost and now he's found. We're going to celebrate like he's a son, not a slave. So God wants you to have the fullness of who he is. He wants to give you the full blessings of being a son. Because full salvation means that I am restored back to being a children of God, right? When, when, when God took the, the, the Israelites out of Egypt, which is a symbol of sin, right? When God took them out of slavery, he didn't say, okay, now, struggle until you go to heaven. No, he said, now that I've taken you out of Egypt, now that I took the knucklehead out of you, let's work on you becoming a blessing. Let's work on you actually becoming more like me. Because if you're my kids, you got to look like me. How many parents doesn't want their kids to prosper? How many parents will say to their kids, hey, I just want you to struggle for the rest of your life. I just want you to barely make it for the rest of your life. Most parents will say, I want to set up my kids for better. I want to set up my kids to have more than I ever had before. And, and if we, the Bible says, we, were, we could think that way, how much more does the Heavenly Father wants to bless those who call on, themselves children on, of God? On, on. Do I have any believers this morning? He wants to bless. And so understand, you're no longer under the curse of lack and struggle. Amen. Right? The struggle with coming out of Egypt is, the, is this. God will take you out of Egypt, but sometimes the Egypt is still in us. That's, true. That's the struggle. The struggle is the mindset that because we've been slaves for so long, we're free, but we don't know how to live free. That's right? right? I heard the story of a dog that they used, to be, they used to be chained to a tree and he would just do a circle based on how far he can go with this, with this chain on his neck. And then one day they, they, they took the chains off and he just kept doing this, not knowing that he was free, not knowing that he was free. And that's the saddest thing I see in church sometimes, people free but still doing this. In Jesus' name today, get out of that loophole. Jesus has more for you. He came to bless you. With a rich and satisfying life. Part of God's salvation is that you come into a blessed life. That's what I'm trying to get at. And what we're going to read is the second part. When he took him out of Egypt, he says, now let me set you up for a blessed life. Let me set you up to be my people. And this is what Deuteronomy 28 is all about. Are you there? Look how it starts, right? I'm going to start with verse 2. He says, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Notice that every blessing of God comes with an if. That's good. If you will do your part, I'm God. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to honor my part, right? If Rachel will do her part, God says sooner or later I'm going to bless you. I'm going to show you that I'm a faithful God. Like there's no one who comes to me and does their part that I won't bless them. If you do your part and God doesn't bless you, you'd be the first person in history that God failed. Come on, and we would have to study you. We have to put you in a lab. Like how in the world? Like how did God fail you? Because a lot of times what I hear is. Is, is people don't do their part, but they want God to bless them. That's the struggle, right? People have wishful thinking, but no faith. Faith is an active thing. I do my part, and I know God's going to do his part. Can you say amen? amen? Right? He says, look, when you do this, right, your towns and your fields will be blessed. In other words, God say amen. I want to bless you exactly where you are, right? Wishful thinking is, I wish I lived somewhere else. I wish I was in a different place. No, no. I believe in a God that will bless you in New Bedford, that will bless you in Fay Haven, that will bless you in Somerset, (laughs) that will bless you in Fall River. No matter where you come from, God will bless you right there. If he's big enough to bless them, he's big enough to bless you. So stop talking about, I wish I was somewhere else. Wishing is not faith. Faith is activating yourself exactly where you are. Can you say amen? amen? Look at this. Your children and your crops will be blessed. Remember, we're, we're, we're reading from a time where, where crops and harvest was your livelihood. So we're saying your livelihood will be blessed. Right? I love testimonies. We just heard it today. right? That's, that's a modern version of what we just read. Right? Her livelihood is blessed now because she put God first. Her kids one day will be blessed in Jesus' name. I believe it right now over you that your kids will be blessed in Jesus' name. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Again, that's what the livelihood was back then, right? Verse 5, your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. In other words, God's like, I'm into every detail of your life. Okay, if you have it, I'm going to bless it. Your dogs will be blessed. The only thing God won't bless is the cats, okay? That's the only thing, okay? That's the only thing that doesn't fit into my theology. If you have a cat, I'm sorry, uh, but God won't bless your cat, okay? I'm going to get an email later can't believe you're talking about cats. <laughs> okay. Just making sure you guys are with me. Um, verse 6. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Amen. That's awesome. That's the promises of God you need to claim for yourself. Verse 7. I love this verse. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. That's so good. Come on now. That's the promise of God. Right? The, what is the enemy? The enemy is anything that's trying to hold you back from God's will. Right? So I don't want to hear you talking like your enemy is greater than your God. I don't want you to be talking like, oh, man, it's so hard. Oh, Listen, stop elevating your problems and start elevating God over your problems. Start elevating God over your issues. Start elevating God over your situations and see who is greater. Because I guarantee you, your problem gets into a fight with God. Who's going to win? Come on, God will beat the crap out of your problem any given day. I gotta stop saying crap. My wife told me I got to stop saying crap. I gotta stop saying crap. One of these days, I'll stop saying crap. Okay, Lord, deliver me from saying crap. Okay? But the Lord will deliver you. Okay, so I don't. I don't want to hear believers talking like they're defeated. Okay? like. Your vocabulary is part of your faith. Right. Right. Don't you know the Bible says there's power of life, life and death in your words? So you speak life. You don't speak defeat. You don't speak, I'm, I'm hurting, I'm struggling, it is what it is. No, you better speak like it is what it meant to be, how it ought to be, how it should be. Speak life because he said, I will give you victory over your enemies. So I don't want to hear believers in here talking about oh, it's too hard. No? The mindset of the Egyptian is what we need to get out of. That's right. The Egyptian mindset is what's hurting us. We're thinking like slaves when we're supposed to be children of God. That's good. You got to stop talking like a children. Because your kids don't talk that way if you don't teach them to talk that way. Right. Your kids will have a victorious vocabulary if they see a victorious vocabulary in you. They are a reflection of you. Yeah. Their faith right now is your faith. And one day they'll walk into their own faith based on what they saw on you. So start speaking like there's life and not death. Can you say amen? Amen. There's victory over your enemies. Not barely making it. Oh, you don't understand. No, I don't. I understand that there's a big God that can do exceedingly above. We can never ask or think of. That's my declaration over your life. Can you say amen? I haven't even gotten to my notes yet. Verse 8, the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do, and it will fill your storehouses with grain. Again, livelihood. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he has given you. I believe this with all my heart. The fact that we're in New Bedford, New Bedford is blessed because God's people are here. Right. I'm not going <laughs> to confess where New Bedford is. I'm going to confess when New Bedford ought to be in Jesus' name. That's what I'm going to do. And no matter where you come from, you gotta start confessing God's word over your neighborhood. I pray over my neighbors every single day. That, Lord, I believe that I'm here. My neighbors will be blessed. And the city will be blessed. The street will be blessed in Jesus' name. I don't believe in cursing where I live. I believe in blessing where I live. I don't believe in sowing the branch I'm sitting on. So I pray for Trump because he's my president no matter what. I bless him. I bless him in Jesus' name. Because when he's blessed, I'm blessed. And my kids will be blessed. I'm not going to be an idiot and sow the branch I'm sitting on. Come on. Come on. You better drop your politics and start embracing God's will that he will bless a nation Come on. when you bless him. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at this. Verse 9. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would. Again, if... You obey. Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey me. Love is not a feeling, people. Love is a principle. Okay? Love is a principle. If I love, I will obey. The problem is, we're wishful thinking and thinking that God's gonna bless. God is not moved by our feelings, He's moved by our faith. God will never come to your pity party. That's you, yourself, and you. God's not coming. Read the Bible for yourselves. Anytime someone threw a pity party, he's like, are you done yet? <laughs> Elijah threw a pity party, God, where are you? God's like, are you done yet? Because I need you to go back and do what I ask yeah, you to do. On. Am I talking to anybody come today? On. If you obey, I will bless you. If you obey, I will bless you. You can't walk with Satan and God. you got to make up your mind. I don't want to hear, oh, things are bad. Why? Well, because you haven't even been obeying. I don't want to hear, oh, I didn't, I didn't see the message yet to come. Well, did you step into the message yet to come by obeying the will of God? By, by stepping into his principles? By putting him first? Even when you got laid off, you put him first. Did you see the goodness of God when you trusted him? When you obeyed him? Not wishful thinking, can you say amen? He said, I'll make you a holy person. In other words, set apart. You can't be walking with the devil on Monday and expect God to bless you next Sunday. Come on now, talk to me got to walk with the Lord. This is a lifestyle. This is not a religion. This is a lifestyle of walking daily with the Lord. And we talked about it, Joseph, last week. Why was he blessed? Because he blessed God even in the dark. Even in the dark, he honored God. And God will honor those who will honor him. And if you honor God, there's no way God's not going to honor you. Can you say amen? Verse 10. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. And they will stand in awe of you. My God. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land you swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing with you. Okay, blessing with you, many children. Like, many children. I'm like, Lord, enough. (laughs) I'm blessed enough, Lord, in this area. Bless another family, please. Bless other families in the area of kids. Numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time. From his rich treasury in the heavens, it will bless all the work you do. You stand with him and you trust him at the right time. He's going to prosper you. You will, watch this, you will lend to many nations, but you will never borrow from them. My God, how would we like to be in a situation where we can land and not borrow in Jesus' name? If you listen, again, the word if, you should circle every if. If you listen to these commands, if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. My God. He will, and look, you will always be on top and never at the bottom. Talking about started from the bottom, now we're here. That's God's will. That's God's will. He wants you to rise, he wants you to have more, he wants you to be blessed. Can you say amen? amen. amen. I'm gonna stop there. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's the word of the Lord for his people. That's what he meant when he said, I will bless you. Part of God's salvation plan is for you to succeed. Did you see how many times the word success and blessings were there? How many times the word prosperity was there in just just 10 verses? Coming out of Egypt saying, now let me establish you. Take you out of sin, now let me establish you as my people. Bless people. Can you say amen? Please write this down. Success is a consequence of embracing God and Jesus. In other words, you can't help but to succeed when you embrace God. It's on you. His favor is on you. The problem is, it's been tainted by the fallen nature, by the Egyptian mindset. That's, true. That's what we need to work on, is renewing our minds. To, to trust him and not trust the past. That's good. And not trust what has been spoken over us for years and years. Okay? Once we truly understand that Jesus has done for us, we will see our lives completely different. It's not about surviving anymore. It's about thriving. Amen. We will see our lives as a channel of blessing. Once you know you are favored, like favored by the Lord, you know what happens? You quit trying to survive and you begin to thrive. You become a resource of blessings because the Lord has more than enough to bless you. Can you say amen? Amen. This is what it means to be a friend of God. He told Abraham, you're going to be my friend. Why? Because you believe me that I'm going to bless you. And guess what? I'm going to make you a blessing of nations. That's That's what it means to be a friend of God. That God wants to bless you to be a blessing. Can you say amen? Now here's what you're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight your Egyptian mindset, but you're going to have to fight a lot of people who don't have a theology of success. That's one of the saddest things I see. It's not unbelievers. It's believers with no theology of success. You know, the biggest haters that we've had since we've been here is people who don't have a theology of success. Success. They want a church to be hurting. They want a church to be struggling. They want a little tiny church, you know, that everybody fits in a little tiny room. And and, and so every time you branch out and you begin to do God's will, people that will have a theology of success will get weird. Because insecurities will speak. But I'm praying that you don't buy into that theology because I'm going to continue to pound it from here. You are meant to be blessed. You're meant to (laughs) prosper. You're meant to have more. You're meant to believe God for more. So you got to make up your mind. Who are you going to believe? I pray you believe the Lord. Amen. He's the one that can bless you, not people. So some people, unfortunately, here's what they think, right? They, they don't think God wants you to be successful. And some Christians, the word success is a cuss word. They'll never talk about success because they don't see God as, as a God of success, which the Bible, when you read it, it's hard to not see it. Right. So you have to kind of rip pages away and be like, oh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. You know? Kind of create your own little Bible. Okay. Come on. Some people don't think God cares about your success. God just wants you to struggle for a few years and then go to hell <laughs> or heaven one day. Too real. They think success is about greed. Some people, the moment I talk about oh, you, you're being greedy or you want material things. Actually, it's about being a resource of blessing because I cannot give what I don't have. Yeah. How can you bless people when you don't have anything? You know, James said it so clearly. He said, he said, If someone says to you, I'm hungry, and you say, God bless you, you didn't help them. If they're hungry, they want you to feed them. But how are you going to feed them if you don't have anything? Come on. Some people believe in a theology of welfare. It's true. It's true. It's good. That's why some people are mad Trump won. Come on. Some people don't want success, they want welfare. God doesn't believe in welfare. That's right. God believes in helping you where you are, but not leaving you there. Come on. Okay, I'm gonna take you where you are, but I'm gonna bless you to be in a position to bless. Okay. Success is God's will for you. They don't think success is connected to salvation. Well, when when you literally took them out of Egypt and said, now I'm gonna I'm gonna position you to succeed. That's the word of God. I'm going to position you to succeed. Can you imagine, watch this, right? Can you imagine the reverse? Can you imagine God in heaven going, hey, guys, I did save you, but I'm going to live in heaven. Y'all go ahead and struggle. You will live in hell. I'll live in heaven, right? Can you imagine God saying, I will be blessed and and have abundance, but you will be cursed and lack. But don't worry, one day you will get to heaven. I will be your father living on the throne. I got everything, but you be my children. You live in poverty. Can you imagine a God like that? Would you worship him the way you did today? You are amazing because you don't do anything for me. (laughs) And I love how you make me poor. I'm so glad I got laid off and nothing came through. Would you worship a God that way? So why would we buy into a theology of warfare? And there's a God who wants to bless his people. Amen. Please write this down. Success is not about being greedy. It's about being in a position to bless. It's about being in a position to bless. Being able to provide and help. That's success. Success is your cup running over and you can say, hey, let me put over in your cup too. That's success. Right? Can I prove it to you? Look what Jesus said about money. Watch this. Jesus said this. Go ahead to my next slide. He said, give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Pressed down, shaking together to make room for more. Running over and pouring into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Tell me God doesn't want you to succeed. (laughs) How do you read that and go, no, he doesn't want you to prosper. (laughs) Jesus is my savior, but I don't believe him. I'm afraid some people live that way. Yeah, I believe him for eternity, but I won't believe him for right now. What a sad theology. They won't believe God for right now. Can you say amen? amen? When you understand, listen to this, when you understand that God's blessings are assured, you can confidently bless others. That's right. Because you're confident. And that's what faith is it's a confidence that I can bless because God will always bless me. That's right. Can you say amen? amen? You know, we talked about Joseph last week, right? The favor of God was on him every step of the way. Like the guy went through hell and still was blessed, right? You get sold by your own family. That's hell on earth. Not only that, now you are an immigrant in a different land with different languages and different culture and different background and you're still blessed there? Yeah. And then on top of that, you get falsely accused of rape and you go to jail and you still get blessed there? Come on. Do you think God is trying to tell us something through David? Through Joseph, I mean? I think God is trying to say to you, like, I don't care where you are, I don't care what you're going through. I'm going to bless you exactly where you are. Keep putting me first. Keep, I will continue to make a way for you if you continue to put me first. I want to remind you of Joseph. He gets to Potiphar's house. Right? The guy that owns him says this. I love this. Watch this. Right? Look. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Here's the word success again. Right? Giving him success in everything. He's a slave. He's an immigrant. I'm just an immigrant. So was Joseph. But the Lord still succeeded him in a foreign land. And then he goes to jail, wrongly accused. Right? Look what the warden says about the jailer. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. succeed. So I believe the Lord is doing this. The Lord is like, oh, you didn't betray my family? Okay, good. I can work with that. Uh, Are you an immigrant? Good. I can work with that. You've been falsely accused of things? Guess what? I can work with that. No matter where you are, God is trying to make a point here. I don't care where you've been. Stop making excuses because with me, and and I'm for you, I'm going to make a way where there seems to be no way because God is about making moves. God is about making moves. And I love the story of Joseph because it shows you that it's not just when things are going well, that God will make you succeed when things are not going well. The problem is we elevate our things instead of elevating God. What made Joseph so powerful is his mindset. He's got a victorious mindset no matter what situation he was in. Any one of these things would derail somebody. Some people, I still haven't gotten over the fact that some family members don't like him. They're still bitter, angry. Every time you see him, your life is over. That's what bitterness does to you. It ends your strength. It saps life out of you. It saps every energy you have. Like, you're having a good day, you saw him, and you go, why? Because you haven't let go of that bitterness. Right? Some people, they're immigrant, and so that becomes an excuse. I'm just an immigrant. I'm just an immigrant. I'm just an immigrant. I'm just a poor immigrant. I'm just a poor immigrant. When we live in a land of favor. Right? These guys just came back from Kenya. Do you think it's God's will for those kids to just struggle for the rest of their lives? No, it's a terrible condition they find themselves in. We don't go, oh, yeah, they're so great to be in poverty. Why do we go? To try to better their lives. Not to declare poverty more over them. It's to believe better for them in Jesus' name. ( pocketing) Prophesied to Pharaoh there's going to be seven years of fatness. And that's what I'm prophesying over you. There's going to be seven years of fatness, like God's blessing, drenched, poured out, shaken together, run over, like more than you can ever imagine or think. That's what I believe God is bringing us into. But here's the thing. Why do you think God shows so much favor with Joseph? I think he's trying to show you what he wants to do with you. Because the opposite of favor is not fun. The opposite of not being favored is what, unfortunately, a lot of people live in. See, when you're not sure if God's going to bless you, you begin to worry. Some of you right now, you can't hear me because worry is your God. Come on. Like, you're trying to, but worry is getting the best of you. Come on. You're like this inside. Why? Because you're not sure God can bless you. Come on. You, be- you let worry become a God. And what happens when worry becomes a God? Well, you turn inwardly. You focus on blessing yourself. And the more you focus on blessing yourself, the less of a blessing you become. Number two, when worry becomes a God, you, you, you're worried about surviving. I'm going to store. I'm going to hoard because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know, you know, Trump is president. I don't know what's going to happen. That's what happens when worry becomes God. You become cautious. You don't take chances. Because faith without chances is just wishful thinking. And you don't take risks. You don't launch out into the things that God has for you when you don't believe God can bless you. See, my prayer this year is you break this mindset because I'm seeing it too much. Where God, people will talk, but they won't act. You will never see the fullness of God if you don't just declare it, but also live it. If you don't step out in faith, you're never going to see it. And then you're going to blame God for having a bad year. You know what's funny? Did you notice how many people was talking about 2016? 2016, you are horrible to me. 2016, I, I'm so glad you're done. But 2016 is just a number. Come on. Come on. I guarantee you, 2017 will be the same story. If you don't change your mindset, if you don't change your focus, if you don't change your perspective, it will be the same thing. It's just a number. A year doesn't happen to you, you happen to it. Come on. It's on you to have a good year. I hope, 2017 is amazing. Well, you keep hoping. I hope your hope have legs. I hope your hope has feet. I hope your hope goes. I hope your hope takes chances because hope without being active is just wishful thinking. That's good. How many people talk like that? And don't get me started on all these mythbusters that we have going on. You know, Christians t- sending you prayer chains. Listen, God doesn't work that way. That's voodoo, okay? Knock it off. Yeah. Stop sending me prayer chains. Come on. Right. I want to I break some of these myth busters in here. okay? That ain't God, people. Yeah. If you send this to 20 people, blah, blah, blah. listen, it stops right here. okay? Every time they send it to me, I'm like, all right, you, you ain't blessed then, because I ain't sending this to nobody. It's done. It's over. Don't get me started on this. Good vibes only. Good vibes. What the heck is that? All of a sudden, Easter mythology has come into our play. Good vibes only. You better stop praying and start working. You're going to see God's will. Positive vibes only. What are we, Jamaicans all of a sudden? Like, what are we coming up with this stuff? Thinking that's what's going to bring good. No, that's all voodoo stuff. Christianity is practical. You pray and you push. You push and you pray and you believe God. I'm going to get another email past I sent you a chain mail and I <laughs> I meant really well you know you can, you can mean well you can be sincere and be wrong can we be honest? right? True. C.S. Lewis said the road to hell is paved with good intentions so true. So true. oh hello somebody that <laughs> took a left Pastor just went left on man we were all being blessed and now he's talking about hell no, we're coming back. Let's be blessed again. <laughs> I want to leave you with five things today. When you understand that God wants to bless you, number one, you live with hope. You don't live in despair. You don't live in fear. You don't live in worry. You cast those things down. Those are Egyptian mindsets. You're a child of God. You live with hope. Okay? You live with hope. Hope is a real thing. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hoping is knowing that I trust God and he's going to come through. Number two, you live with freedom and true joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength, the Bible says. There's freedom and joy knowing that, hey, God is for me and he's going to bless me. Can you say amen? Amen. Number three, you can confidently bless others. Because what? Generosity becomes a given. We don't have to pride it out of you, people. When you know God's for you, we don't have to give you temper. Can I... I'm breaking myth bursas today. You know that 10% is elementary school? That's elementary school. We're having church in a middle school. You better get your faith up to at least a middle school level and trust God for middle school faith and a middle school more. You're still over here. Can I tithe? That's first grade. Come on, How are you going to see more? We can't even pass first grade. But we want God to bless us. But you got to go to school of faith that's facts. to pass the tests and see the will of God like she shared today. And that's so many other stories. There's a young lady in our church that just told us, my wife and I. She's a young lady, single young lady about to make six figures. That's the God that we serve. I'm like, I feel bad for the dude. He better bring his game up you're making six figures what's he gonna say girl you better bring more than your looks to the table homegirl's making six figures you, you better bring son to the table do some push-ups of son understand that when we tell you to put God first we want to see you blessed Man, doesn't it fill your heart when you hear a testimony like that? Yeah. I love testimonies. It tells me how good God is. Yeah. And that's just one of many that I'm hearing. I'm hearing people getting promoted left and right. Yeah. We, we, I got to do more of these to show you. It's all over the church. Yeah. Why? Because of a theology of success. It's good. Because you reap what you sow. It's good. We sow in poverty. How do you reap success? It's true. You sow in fear. How can you reap faith? Come on. You, I mean, that doesn't make sense, people. Mythbusters, if you're not sowing, why are you expecting to reap? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know, any farmer that goes on and goes, I'm wishing this year I have an amazing crop. <laughs> <laughs> have you planted? Have you watered? Have you cultivated? Did you remove the weeds? Come on. Come on. Talk to me, people. Come on. No more mythbusters in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. A real faith, Amen. a real God, a real Amen. blessing. Amen. Come your way. Number four, when you understand this, you understand that success is God's idea. It's not man's. We didn't come up with this idea yeah. to succeed. God built in us. Yeah. Now, what we've done as human beings is we've, we've distorted what success is. Yeah. Because let me, let, me, let me show you the other side. There is an appearance of success that is not success if it doesn't have God in it. I've been in beautiful homes with beautiful people, not fully blessed because they got the success through their own means. And now the family is hurting. The Bible says that's not the way we succeed. He says, what's the point of winning the world but losing your soul? It's got to be a full success, okay? It's got to be inside and outside success, okay? And it's got to be full. It can't just be an appearance of it. Our world loves to look successful. That's why we love Facebook. Look at me. Another mythbusters, how many stinking selfies can you take? <laughs> how many? Yeah. Like, it's the same face. <laughs> like, how many more? That's good. <laughs> like How many more? You forgot what you look like. James says that's what insecurity is. Yeah. Read it. He says that's like a man who, who, who forgets who he is. He comes back to the mirror like, is it all there? <laughs> Mythbusters today. You love me though, right? Yeah, come on. I'm going to get a third email. Pastor, you're talking about me and my <laughs> selfies. I'm just storing up emails for myself today. <laughs> but I will bless you back in Jesus' name. Amen. You know? But there's a, an appearance of success that's not success. If God is not in it, trust me, it's not the full success. Success is being able to fully enjoy what God has blessed you with. And not story, and not think like it's all about me. When every time I hear someone says, look what I've done, I'm like, I get worried. So I'm like, man, don't you know your life is nothing but a vapor? Here today, gone tomorrow? Don't you know that the Bible says if if God doesn't will you, if he doesn't will you, So there's an appearance of sex. Because you're like, I've heard people say, oh, come on, such and such doesn't go to church. Look how successful they are. Trust me. Read Psalm 75. The wicked look like they prosper. Looks like they prosper. Okay? But no one tells you what's going on inside. No one tells you the real battles they have. Sleepless nights. Taking a ton of pills. Trying to... Stay afloat, stressed, worried, frustrated. That's not success. Success is to be able to fully enjoy what God has blessed you to be able to enjoy. That's success. So once in a while you need to do this, you may say to yourself, I may not be there yet, but I'm on my way. Which means, practically speaking, you may not have the car you want to drive, but you should. You should once in a while, in your car, be like, "Man, at least it's paid for, though. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God." As opposed to driving a Beamer, where you're like, "Man, I don't know, I'm going to make ends meet at the end of this month, but I look successful, though." Come on, see me. Another selfie with my Beamer. I believe in beamers man i you know what it it sounds crazy to you but i believe it like i believe in that we're gonna come to the parking lot we're like whoa like there ain't no bad car here (laughs) you know but the full success not just the appearance of it can you say amen and the last thing is this faith becomes the position from which you operate when you trust god faith not fear not worry not frustrations not competition. Faith becomes the position from which you operate. I believe this with all my heart, church. I believe you're about to come into a time of fatness, Amen. of God's blessings and prosperity and success. And so I need you to consider questions this week because, again, you've got to have strategy. I want you to ask this question to the Lord. You can sit down with the Holy Spirit. Ask him. God, what's my next move? The Holy Spirit is personal. Your next move is different from the person next to you. Okay? But I guarantee you, you begin to ask that question at least once a week. Watch the Lord direct your steps. Guide your steps. Sometimes telling you, don't go that direction. It looks good, but that's not it. The Holy Spirit is so personal that I believe right now He's already talking to you. Right now He's already speaking to your heart, into your soul. And he's saying, this is my word for you. That you will bless. That you will succeed. So you got to ask, Lord, what are you orchestrating for me? Joseph, right? All of it orchestrated by God. All the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of it. 13 years, people, of a journey. And what did he say at the end? He said, it was all God. What a great perspective to have. He could have been bitter, which he started to. He could have been angry, frustrated with his brothers. But when he... Dawn on him, when, when Egypt got out of him, it's good. he said it was all God. Yeah. What a great perspective to have. It's all God. I'm not going to blame anybody. I don't look at Trump. I, I look at God. Yeah. I don't look at New Bedford. I look at God. Amen. I don't look at my neighborhood. I look at God. Amen. Because there's got to be an overarching theme over our lives. I don't look at the layoff. I look at God. Amen. And I can say it was all God. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray a prayer that the priest in those times used to pray over the people. And I want you to stay with me because I want you to receive this prayer this morning. I want to, I want to pray this prayer over you. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? Go, go to my last slide. This is from Psalm 20. The priest used to pray this and I want to pray this over you this morning. Would you lift your hand like I'm about to take this? Look what the Bible says. This is my prayer. May he grant you your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy when we hear of your victory and raise a victory banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers in 2017.